This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. Everybody, what's going on? I'm Rob Faye. Welcome to your Friday edition of Sports Bar Radio as you begin your commute home and getting ready for the weekend. Well, if you're in the car for what? 20, 25 minutes by the time you pull into your driveway or wherever your destination is, I will have you updated in everything that is going on in the world of sports. From Major League Baseball and who's doing what, who's going to the postseason and who might not be, to everything from MMA, the NFL, college football, boxing, you name it, within the next 25 minutes, I've got you covered. But there is one story. Vancouver, you know where I'm going with this one. There is one story that rises above everything else. We call that story the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well... Let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. Okay, so it's a story that comes out of Vancouver, but trust me, many more cities outside of Vancouver were looking in on the fact that the Vancouver Canucks hadn't signed their two big guys. Elias Patterson, Quinn Hughes, go into training camp without a contract, at least when day one of camp started, and everybody was wondering how the Canucks were going to fandangle this deal to get not one, but two guys that really arrived at the station before they were expected to arrive as far as their ability and their talent and their impact on the league. And yet Jim Benning finds a way to get it done. You can say what you want about the AAVs. You can say what you want about the term. But at the end of the day, the Vancouver Canucks will start the season with what I consider to be a pretty good team. Like if everybody stays healthy and Brock Besser continues to improve and Nils Hoaglander has one more gear and Vasily Podkolzin is what we've heard. This is a team that now has three pretty damn good lines. Pedersen, Besser, Hoaglander. That's a good line. I mean, if you really want to test the waters and he's truly there, what about Miller with guys like Garland and Pod Colson? Tanner Pearson, Bo Horvat, Zach McEwen, Jason Dickinson, Tyler Mott if he's healthy. This is a pretty decent team on paper. But what makes this team interesting is the fact that for the first time in a long time, the baggage is gone. And what I mean by the baggage is every night for the last couple of years you have looked at the lineup and you said that guy's overpaid, that guy underperforms, that guy underachieves, and it was just a handful of players that skated every night with a target on their back. There aren't any players on this roster right now, give, say, Brandon Sutter, that have a target on their back this year. It's a very positive group as far as the four lines moving forward. And again, if healthy and there's a little bit of chemistry, Who's to say this team can't take a run? Who's to say that this team can't do a 180 from how they finished their season last year? Where, again, they came out of COVID and had all of the baggage with them. Everything from Louie sitting in the press box to Jake Vertanen to still being sour because of what went the other way with the likes of Tyler Toffoli and a handful of guys that we respected and thought maybe should still be in Vancouver. So I'm curious to know if Thatcher Demko can play well and the defensive pairings of Hughes and and again I would assume it'd be Hughes and Tucker Pullman in the event that Travis Hamanick doesn't show up there's going to be a little bit of a question mark around the defense 
Tyler Myers is going to have to step up his game. Only Ulevi, if he does make the opening day lineup, is going to have to step up his game significantly. So the defense, obviously, is the question here. But if Thatcher can play games and steal the odd game and they can start to score and you look at the division that they're in this year as opposed to one that they were in last year, why not? Like, why not? And gosh, man, I, I got to say, there hasn't been a more scrutinized general manager over the last three years in the NHL than Jim Benning. And yes, I know what the Canadiens did at the draft, and I do know that there's a handful of general managers out there, for example, Toronto, where they're starting to hold the candle pretty damn tight to the ass. But Jim Benning, for what it's worth this offseason, got a lot of shit done. He got rid of bad contracts. He got Oliver Ekman Larson that even with that gargantuan contract has an upside and at least is a fresh taste in the mouth of Canuck fans. I really like this team right now. I think these guys who have gone through hell and back over the last year and year and a half if you want to stretch it back into the bubble, finally they get a regular season schedule, they get to sleep in their own beds at home, and more than anything, there's no targets on their backs. This is a team that could do something, I'm not going to say special, but definitely take a step forward. I think the stars aligned for this team, but it was all centered around could they get 40 and 43 in-house. And guess what? They're both in-house. And even though Quinn Hughes can probably sit back and relax for a little bit because he's got six years of term at over $7 million, Elias Patterson, he's driving the Lamborghini. Because he not only gets seven plus, which some are saying is a deal, which it is, but he also has enough term to get him to the place where he can show every other GM in this league that he is not just a playmaker, but a franchise corner piece. And he can either say to the Canucks, you're gonna have to buck up, or he can say to the other 31 GMs, line up. Either way, Elias Pettersson, if he stays healthy and he continues to produce, is going to be in a fantastic position. Let me know what you think of this Vancouver Canuck team. Are they there? Did they finally turn the corner this offseason? They got rid of some of the names that we used to just chastise. Hell, they got rid of almost all of them. And then you add to the fact that it's a pretty intriguing core that is still intact. They didn't lose any of their core pieces this offseason. That doesn't happen very often. All right, let's get to the rest of the news of the day. We got a lot of stuff coming up. My thoughts just seconds from now on the Toronto Blue Jays, whether they make the postseason or not. I've got some strong opinions on that. We're going to talk about the NFL, Tom Brady and the NFL. Russell Wilson's got questions surrounding him after just three weeks. Let me get you to that one place where we get you caught up with everything in the world of sports. Let me get you to the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time, so get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. Okay, let's start in baseball. And yesterday, if you're watching the Toronto Blue Jays and the New York Yankees, five, count them, five home runs for the Yankees leads them to a much-needed victory to get them into the postseason. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, it leaves them a game off the pace behind two teams. Three games to go, and you know what? You can sit here and do the math six ways to tomorrow, but I was thinking about this after the game because a little dejected watching the Yankees take two or three from the Blue Jays, and I just thought to myself, I'm like, this Toronto Blue Jays team this year has been everywhere. They started their season in Dunedin, then they got shipped up to Buffalo, Finally, Toronto lets them in, and they can finally resume their season and are starting to have fans come back. They had, what, nearly 30 last night. 
it is one of those things where I don't care if they get into the postseason this year. Kind of reminded me a little bit of what I thought of the Vancouver Canucks last season, where after COVID, whether they got into the postseason or not, I didn't care. Just the fact that they finished the season, I had enough respect for them. The fact that the Blue Jays go into their final three days of the regular season still in the conversation for a playoff spot, albeit a wild card spot, is unbelievable. And you just have to simply tip your cap. Because, again, I'm not conceding. I would like to see them win, and I would like to see both the Red Sox and the Mariners lose. That's what being a fan is. But if they don't get in, I'm not going to be looking for problems. I'm not going to be looking at holes or things that they could have done better. It is an unbelievable win because a young core with a manager that at times you wonder what he's doing, but you know what? Gosh, man, what an unbelievably good season. The fact that they are in the conversation for right about 90 wins if everything goes their way, 90 wins for a team that had three different homes and really didn't play a real home game in Toronto until two-thirds of the way through the season. Winners in my eyes. And again, hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Fade. Let me know what you think of the Toronto Blue Jays season if they don't make it to the playoffs. If there was ever a year in the history of this franchise where I'd be totally cool with them, whether they got in or not, 2021's that year. Okay, so we go from the feel-good Toronto Blue Jays to a situation that is just festering at this point. Let me get you to the hardwood in the Philadelphia 76ers who have decided that they are going to withhold more than $8 million that is owed to Ben Simmons as the NBA star holds out. This is going to get greasy. They have decided that they're going to put this money into an escrow account, according to ESPN, and any money that comes as a result of the fines that are front and center for him are going to be taken from that. Simmons will only be given the money that is remaining to him if or when he shows up. Now, some of the players on his team are taking to the media to show their displeasure. Philadelphia 76ers star Joel Embiid saying that it is borderline disrespectful to the team the way that Ben Simmons is handling this situation, calling it, quote, disappointing and, quote, borderline kind of disrespectful, quote. And Bede would also go on to say that the team over the time that he has been with this organization has always been built around Ben Simmons. He made a reference to the offseason back in 2019 when they brought in Al Horford and let Jimmy Butler go to the Miami Heat. That, he said, was an example of how Philadelphia makes moves with Simmons in mind. So he says, yeah, it's kind of surprising to see. And we are a better team without him. There is no question about it. Unquote. That all from Joel Embiid. Simmons has four years and $147 million left on his max contract. $33 million is owed to him for this upcoming season. And should the Sixers choose to suspend him, he'll lose $227,000 for each exhibition and regular season game that he's missed. Up through the 20th game of the season, everything after that, that number goes up to $300,000. Unbelievable. Now, this is a story that is going to transcend sport. I think it's going to be happening in all the major leagues. You know, some in hockey, some in football, some in basketball. Draymond Green coming forward saying that he's not going to push his teammate Andrew Wiggins to go ahead and get the COVID-19 vaccine. Speaking for the first time since camp opened, Green said he is not going to go down that road, knowing that Wiggins is hesitant to get the vaccination. Green says, quote, that's something that's personal to him. That's something that's health-related. That's something that's personal to his family. This is no different. We're dealing with something that, to me, feels like it has turned into a political war. When you're talking about vaccinated people and non-vaccinated people, I think it's become very political, unquote. 
Okay, to the NFL, and everybody talking about the fact that Tom Brady is going back to New England to face his former team, a team that he helped lead to six Super Bowl championships. But it is also the return for Rob Gronkowski, who is now listed as doubtful for that game on Sunday. Head coach Bruce Arians saying that Rob Gronkowski, still a game-time decision with ribs that has listed him as doubtful for his final injury report that he had to submit to the league. Gronkowski was seen at practice on Friday and will be missed for Tom Brady's offense if he is not in that game. He's been one of the biggest red zone weapons that they've had all season. As far as quarterback Richard Sherman goes, who signed with the team back on Wednesday, he will be active, but probably won't get into the game this week, needing about a week to get set up with the Bucs system. Well, some frustration mounting with the Seattle Seahawks organization and they get ready to take on the San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara this coming weekend. The San Francisco 49ers two and a half point favorites in this one. Certain people in Vegas saying this might be the game that kickstarts the Seattle Seahawks who have won 12 of the past 14 meetings between these two rivals. San Francisco's got a struggling secondary going up against a Seattle passing attack that currently ranks first in the NFL in yards per attempt, and Russell Wilson is completing 73% of his passes this season. If you really want to go Vegasy, Wilson is 65% against the spread after a loss and as a road underdog, and as I mentioned, will be facing a beat-up 49ers secondary. If you want to look on the other side of the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo has a backfield that's in absolute turmoil, and even though he's thrown just one interception, has had struggles with turnovers over the last couple of weeks. Well, college football's got some great games south of the border this weekend. Georgia hosting Arkansas, both those teams at a perfect 4-0. But the big game that everybody's looking at is number one ranked Alabama getting ready to take on number 12 Old Miss. Why is this a story? Because Nick Saban will be taking on Lane Kiffin, who if you remember was hired by Saban a couple of years ago in Alabama. Also in college football, number three, Oregon at Stanford. Washington is at Oregon State, and Washington State also on the road at Cal. Round two just wrapping up at the Sanderson Farms Championship. PGA in action today. The defending champion Sergio Garcia nowhere to be seen on the leaderboard. Top Canadian is Roger Sloan, tied for six. He's at 11 under, finishing today with a 67. He will definitely make the cut. Corey Connors is eight under, and Taylor Pendrith, also Canadian, at seven under after a 66 today. And I will squeeze in Adam Hadwin, who had a 71 today, not his best round, puts him at 6-under. The projected cut for this tournament right now appears to be 5-under. All right, off to the octagon we go. This was an interesting one. Aspen Ladd missed her weight and ended up having her fight canceled against Macy Chason after Ladd appeared shaky at the weigh-in. Ladd was unsteady on the scale Friday morning, and the Nevada State Athletic Commission Chief Assistant Jeff Mullen, after a brief break said that she not only missed her weight, but looked unfit. Lana dressed her way in issues on an Instagram post saying it was, quote, all my fault. She was scheduled for UFC fight night this coming Saturday in Las Vegas, and also cited that she had started her period, which, quote, made this cut absolutely miserable. She also says, quote, the fight wasn't pulled. My opponent then decided she would rather not go through with it, as is her right. I'm going to get slammed regardless, so let it begin. UFC officials confirmed to ESPN that the fight was off. Well, from the octagon to the ring, we are only days away now from Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. 12 rounds for Fury's WBC heavyweight title, and Fury remains the favorite down at Vegas, but this one is the rubber match of a three-fight trilogy that goes off on October the 9th. 
There are many good fights on that card as well. Robert Helenus taking on Adam Kowanaki. That's 10 rounds in the heavyweight division. The featherweights have Orlando Gonzalez getting ready to take on Robesi Ramirez. And Elvis Rodriguez taking on Victor Vasquez in the junior welterweights. That one is scheduled for eight rounds. All right, there it is, short and sweet, your Friday Express edition of Sports Bar Radio. My thank you to everybody behind the scenes. My thanks to Jay Swing, producer extraordinaire, and to everybody over at Equity Guru. My thanks to Chris Perry for giving me the platform that I enjoy, to Galen, and to the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. I cannot thank you enough for making me a part of your family. Until you and I do this again on Monday, don't forget, check in with me on Twitter. Uh, sometimes we'll put highlights from the show on there as well, just to keep the juices flowing as we bring you Sports Bar Radio five times a week. But until Monday, I hope you had a great week, and I look forward to talking to you on the other side of this as we will have a full breakdown of the Major League Baseball postseason. We will be inching closer towards the NHL's regular season, and we'll get you caught up with what's going on in the Canadian Football League and so much more. I'm Rob Fay, and you've been listening to Sports Bar Radio. Radio, presented to you as always by Equity Guru. Sports Bar Radio was brought to you by Equity Guru, investment information for the new generation. Visit us at equity.guru and let's make some money together. Please note, any mention of companies on this podcast is part of a promotional campaign, and the information you hear should be a part of extensive due diligence. As well, always get advice from an accredited financial advisor before you make any investment decision protect yourself we are just days away from vancouver's newest wrestling extravaganza as new2 is set for the vancouver convention center on both october the 9th and october the 10th featuring el phantasmo and impact wrestling's josh alexander saturday night we pack the convention center with eight amazing matches featuring some of canada's most exciting indie wrestlers Tickets are on sale now at nationextremewrestling.com.